Hey there. Did you know that tensions tend to be highest for blended families when everyone is together? <laughs> Maybe you've noticed that when you've tried to do something fun with the whole family and it didn't go as well as you'd hoped. If you can relate, Maybe you'd like to join us on Thursday, May 16th for an interactive workshop all about navigating the tensions of family time. You'll connect directly with us and other blended couples in a 90-minute Zoom call and work on your own personalized strategy for responding to the challenges of family time in your unique family blend. That's right. You can join us and our community by hopping into Blending Together, where we hold one of these workshops each and every month. So if you'd like direct interaction with us in the context of a supportive group of other blending couples, then the Blending Together community is right where you need to be. Mm -hmm. So scroll all the way to the bottom of the show notes for this episode and click the link to check out the details. We would love to meet you on the 16th for our upcoming Intentionally Blending workshop right inside of the Blending Together community. Mm -hmm. Now, let's get to the episode. Hi, welcome to another simple step here on Blended Family Breakthrough. Last week, we dropped a four-part mini-series here on the show focused on becoming an emotion coaching parent. If you missed it, I encourage you to go back and check it out. Learning to coach your child or stepchild through their tough emotional moments is a critical piece to fostering the connection you really want and equipping them for the challenges and emotional pain they're bound to experience in adulthood. The five-step framework of emotion coaching comes straight from John Gottman's book, Raising an Emotionally Intelligent Child, which is one of our favorite parenting books. And while emotion coaching is an important parenting skill, it's not always the best approach. So let's take a few minutes to examine when Gottman says it might not work out so well to force an emotion coaching conversation with your kids in their moment of pain and how you might manage that well. One of the situations where emotion coaching may not be appropriate is when you're pressed for time. Now, I know in a perfect world, it'd be great if we had plenty of time to sit and process with our child when challenging emotions hit, but for most of us, that's simply not very realistic. There's going to be times when it's better to let your child know that you'll talk about their uncomfortable feelings a bit later, and then make sure you circle back around when you're not feeling that sense of urgency or pressure to get out the door or whatever it is. That way, you're sure you're not rushing yourself or your child through the five-step framework, and trying to do that could actually send some mixed messages to your child, and you don't want that. Now, another time emotion coaching might not be appropriate is when you have an audience. One of the goals of becoming an emotion coaching parent is to build intimacy and trust with your child, and the most effective environment to do that is one-on-one time alone with them. Attempting to emotion coach in front of family members, friends, or strangers could embarrass your child or even inhibit them from responding honestly to your questions. They might worry about how the scene is going to play out for other people, and you might also feel inhibited or maybe even judged when you're in the presence of peers or relatives, especially if you know they've already got some strong opinions about parenting. So if you're in a situation that calls for emotion coaching, but it just isn't possible to get alone time with your child, you can simply tell them without causing any embarrassment 
that you plan to discuss the situation at another time. And of course, when you're too upset or too tired to effectively deal with your child's emotions, it's best to postpone emotion coaching until you can get the rest, the comfort, the emotional regulation you really need to revitalize yourself. Emotion coaching takes a certain level of creative thought, patience, and energy. Anger or exhaustion can interfere with your ability to think clearly and communicate effectively with your child. Gottman shares a great strategy around these times when emotion coaching in the moment may not be appropriate and it's better to postpone the conversation. He says it's important to designate a specific time for emotion coaching with your child, preferably at the same time each day or so. When you're able to talk with your child without pressure, distraction, or interruptions, then you've got a great emotion coaching moment, and you can be sure you're in a good place physically and emotionally as well. So that's what I'd like to invite you to do this week. Identify a time you might carve out and designate as time for emotion coaching conversations to take place in your home. You'll need to be strategic to kind of seize those opportunities when your child is most likely to be receptive. Maybe it's at bedtime or possibly around a shared chore time while you're washing dishes together or folding laundry. Routine drives to a child's activity might provide the perfect opportunity for emotion coaching conversations or during your scheduled one-on-one time. By designating specific times with each child, you can be assured that emotionally charged issues and pain points won't slip through the cracks and your kids will be assured that you'll be making yourself available for them. The best part is when you do need to postpone an emotion coaching conversation and you're able to build in a designated time for later, you'll be building bonds and creating connection with your kids that's sure to last a lifetime. Hey, thanks for joining me today. I hope you have a great week. And we'll see you back here in two weeks for another Simple Step.